What's up, guys? I'm back. Coming at you with a special Friday edition of the show, episode 101 of the podcast. This one for UFC Fight Night. Jared Cannoneer's taking on Kelvin Gastelum. Going to give you my picks. So we're just going to jump right in, starting off at the bottom, opening up the card. Sasha Palatnikov versus Ramis Brakimaj. I'm going with Palatnikov in this one. He's an underdog, relatively even record, and even on paper, he's got a three-inch height advantage. And one thing that stands out to me on the stats, he's, he, got almost, he has almost um, eight strikes landed per minute average they both only have a couple fights in the ufc which makes sense why they're opening up the card so as far as it looks like on paper i think it makes sense to go for the underdog he's probably gonna have too much volume for this guy so uh palatnikov gets it done and then we have roosevelt roberts versus ignacio bahamandez this one is tough guys i'm gonna go with roosevelt roberts um, kind of have a seven degrees of separation situation, which isn't hard to do in Orange County if you're in the community, the MMA community. But uh know some people who train with the guy. He's a minus 146 favorite. He's long. He's quick. He's going to have to stick and move and skirt the outside of the cage. Baha Mondes is a, a force. He hits hard. So it's going to be a tough fight, but Roosevelt Roberts for the win. And then moving on, we have William Knight versus Fabio Charant. Fabio Charant is uh, newer to the UFC. He hasn't had much success. Two fights, two losses. 7-2 overall, William Knight 9-2 overall. William Knight is the favorite in this fight. He's coming off a tough loss back in April to Dayun Jung. Um, so I expect William Knight to bounce back, get back in the win column here and get it done. So the next one, Bay Malecki is taking on Josiane Nunez. Uh, this one, I think Malecki's just going to be too big, too strong for it. It's one of those ones I'm going to wait to the weigh-ins to confirm my suspicions, but... Uh, for now, I'm going with the favorite, Malecki, to get the win, which takes us to the uh, one of the other ones I was really looking forward to on the card, Brian Kelleher versus Domingo Pilarte. Brian Boom Kelleher, 22-12 and 12 versus 8-2 and two Pilarte. So just right there, you can see how much the level of experience is in uh, Kelleher's favor. So I think that's probably going to be the deciding factor. And I also think he's just too dynamic. He's too well-rounded. He offers a lot of different uh, approaches and weapons that he can uh, throw at Domingo. And I think that that's really just going to be the story of the fight. Pilarte is going to come out, maybe offer some threats early, but as long as Kelleher's weight cut isn't affecting him too much, which he's talked about online, as long as that doesn't end up being a problem, a significant problem, I think it's Kelleher's fight to lose. So uh, I think he's going to bounce back. He's come off a loss against Ricky Simone, who we all know is good. That was February of this last year. So a significant drop in competition from his last fight, to say the least. So I do expect him to get the win. So I'm going to ride with Brian Boom Kelleher here. And then we have the featured prelim, Austin Lingo versus Luis Saldana. 8-1 Lingo versus 15-6 Saldana. 1-inch height and 3-inch reach advantage uh, for Saldana also. He's got a little bit higher striking output at 4.39 strikes landed per minute. Uh, one takedown per minute for Lingo. Lingo hits harder, so he's got the power threat. But I think Saldana is the rightful favorite here. And let me double-check the odds real quick. The minus 122 favorite for Saldana, plus 100, even money underdog for Austin Lingo. So I think uh, Luis Saldana gets it done. Okay, so that does the prelims. I'm not going to lie, kind of a lackluster overall card. You know, three fight nights in a row. they got to spread the talent. Hardcores are always into it because there's a lot of fun fights that take place as far as action, but as far as name value, not a whole lot on these uh, these three cards, but this main event is significantly better than the prelims in terms of that name value. Opening up the uh, main event, Alexander Pantoja versus Brandon Royval. This one's a banger. This one's most likely, I feel like, possibly the the number one contender for fight of the night. 12 and five Royval versus 23 and five Pantoja. Uh, Royval coming off that shoulder surgery. His last fight is a loss uh, to that, to Brandon Marino, current champ, where he wasn't doing all that bad before his shoulder popped out. 
I wouldn't say he was winning, but he he was definitely holding his own uh, up against Pantoja, who's already got one or possibly two wins because the ultimate fighter depends on how you count it over the current champ Pantoja. So title implications on the line for both these guys. I feel like they're going to come in ready. They're going to f- come in amped up. And that's just going to make for uh, all-out war and excitement. It's already flyweight, so it's already going to be, you know, a million miles an hour. So um, my, I'm already going for it right now. One point fight of the night for Pantoja and Roy Val. As far as my actual pick, though, I am struggling with this one because I feel like it's hard to, to know what to take from that fight uh, between Roy Val <clears throat> excuse me, and Moreno. And Roy Val, up to that point, was looking... Very, very good. He was looking unstoppable, like he was just skyrocketing up to a title shot with very, you know, very relatively uh, not very much experience in the UFC so far. So um, he looked like the one to me. He looks like a title, future title contender, which he's almost there, and or a future uh, title holder. You know, he's, again, very young in this game. But contrast with the experience level for Pantoja, who almost every one of those 23 and 5, every one of those 28 fights, has been in the UFC, like, the guy has experience front and back. He's experienced every type of fighter, every style, every skill level. He's been a perennial top contender over the last few years. Again, holds wins over the current champ, of course, before Moreno was in his current form. But Pantoja is very, very much so aware of the stakes, aware of where he sits in the division, and aware of the implications of this fight. So all those things make for a recipe that is making me very much so anticipate this fight. This is not one of the ones you want to miss. And very, very aptly and smartly positioned as the curtain jerker of the main event. So um, all that is still not giving you a pick. Brandon Royval is the underdog. Alexander Pantoja is the favorite. I do kind of want to see them stand next to each other at weigh-ins. Um, because the length of Pantoja, I'm sorry, the length of Royval is something that he's normally, you know, so far really been able to utilize uh, to to throw off his opponents, Pantoja is kind of he kind of wings with his power, kind of like throws a lot of hooks Lineker style, so he almost negates a little bit of his own reach. So, anyways, I want to see these guys stand next to each other to see if it, if I can get you know get the balls to go for Roy Val. But that that experience uh, is definitely going to be uh, something that Pantoja is going to be able to lean on, and I think that in fact could be the difference in the fight. So you never know; he could have you know. The awareness and fight IQ to know he needs to take it to another place, put him on the cage, take him down, do something to either burn clock or just win over judges with that experience. He might be a little bit more aware of those types of things. Um, but if it's a close fight, I feel like it might go in Pantoja's favor um, in terms of those things, those little things that could potentially win over judges here and there. But um, I think Roy Val, again, is the truth in the future. Uh, so I'll let you guys know officially I'm going to go with the favorite Pantoja, but... Uh, don't be surprised if I end up switching. I'm just telling you now. And then moving on to the next one. Again, like I was just saying, like the main event, to me at least in this particular fight night card, is considerably more action and more exciting more exciting fights than I think that the prelim is. Sometimes it's kind of even throughout or, or like a steady progression where it's you never know what to expect and then the top is, is definitely stacked and, and top loaded. But in this case, there's just a significant gap between the prelims and the main event. But again, it's not really saying much. You know, I did kind of, it's kind of one of those throwaway cards in terms of name value. Everyone needs at least three fights a year per their contract. So sometimes you get these cards with a bunch of guys that you don't really see all that often. So next one is a great example of that. But another fight that could be very high paced and fun. 
Vince Pichel taking on Austin Hubbard. Vince Pichel, 13-2, has a very impressive record in the lightweight division in the UFC, especially for someone and some of the names he's beat. I'm not going to read them off. Go check them out. But my point is, is that he doesn't compete very often. He's intermittent. He'll take significant spans of time off. So he's only got like eight fights or seven fights in eight years or something like that. So Austin Hubbard has been very active and has, has been in the UFC not all that long. He's looked really well. He's faced very, very, very tough competition the entire time. But he's got a few losses uh, already in the UFC due to the fact that they threw him in with, you know, high contention right away and, and, and sharks. So it's tough for me to gauge. Does the guy that always seems to come out every so often and uh, put it on people? I mean, Vince Bichelle is the person I'm talking about now. He came out and put it on and just beat the shit out of my one of my favorite fighters, Jim Miller, in their last fight. And Jim Miller at least for the first round, you know, is definitely very dangerous off his back and definitely dangerous on the ground. So uh, it's a testament to Pichelle's top pressure, his wrestling, his ground and pound, his elbows from the top. And uh, Austin Hubbard, if if he can continue to uh, to compete at the level in terms of his takedown and grappling defense, as he has in his previous fights, even the losses against Madsen and Selecki, I think it was, I, if he can do that, like if he can do what he did to Roshkoff, which is basically just defend the takedowns and defend the grappling until Roshkoff was so tired that it was not, you know, Austin Hubbard was able to come on. He trains at elevation. So um, all this is to say that I'm building a case for the underdog here where this fight is very going to be very close, and I think both these guys have a motor, and they're just going to keep going. So whoever can implement their grappling is going to win this fight. 13-2 and Pichel versus 13-5 and Hubbard. And, you know, the stats or the, the odds are just as close. It's pretty much been a pick em across the board um, on every book. A very, very slight um, underdog on Austin Hubbard's side at a minus 105 to minus 115 Vince Michelle on DraftKings Sportsbook. So, uh, man, that makes me want to go with Hubbard even more. So uh, I'm going to go with the underdog Austin Hubbard to get the win here. If he gets put on his back and Pichel is able to do the same thing, he did to Jim Miller in terms of like elbows and ground and pound. Uh, if Hubbard is not able to scramble and, and keep keep Michelle working and keep getting back up to his feet, if he accepts that position position even for a second, he's going to be screwed. But um, I'm going to go with Austin Hubbard to get the win here. And next we have a last-minute replacement fight, which always seems to be on these cards these days. It's a really interesting one. It puts me in a, a tough spot, too. We have Trevin Jones, who was scheduled to be on the card, was you know preparing to fight. Had two separate opponents uh, fall out, and Saeed Kakramanov ended up coming in last minute, I believe on like three or four days' notice, but um, he trains at Timo Yama up the street in Irvine with Blake DeCourcy, with uh, Christian Aguilera, Alex Perez, like uh, a lot of the guys that, you know, I sell tonic to and in and out of the the OC fight doc, stuff like that. So when you're working with people in the same kind of networking community through the gyms in the area and Stuff like that, it's it's tough when you don't want to back your guy just because. But I'm, I'm trying to go with my head, not my heart here. Don't know much about Kakramanov's actual skills and abilities. But I do know he was in Uzbekistan, his home country, basically about to walk down the aisle and get married when he got called for this last-minute fight. So, um, you know, he'll make the number, as Blake said, and uh, I'm sure he'll, he'll come out and make it interesting, make it fun. But I do expect the guy who was actually preparing to fight and the the favorite Chevin Jones to get the win here. And moving on, the next one is the you know you got to have an obligatory heavyweight slobber knocker. You got Parker Porter versus Chase Sherman. 
Um, this one's one of those heavyweight fights that's like goes one of two ways: either first or second round, someone will get slept, or it goes to three rounds and it's a bunch of heavy breathing and and we're basically I'm going to make a sandwich or do something during that third round because it's just both guys are so tired and gassed out that they you know can't even hurt each other almost at that point. So it's one of those two ways. I think Chase Sherman has the crisper hands, better overall boxing, and he's got a three inch uh, reach advantage, four inch height advantage. Parker Porter has looked like he's gotten better in the last few fights, uh, especially his last one. Um, so against Carl Parisian, or Carl Parisian, Josh Parisian, not Carl Parisian. Uh, old school heads will know who I'm talking about there. But I think it's uh, pretty much a coin flip, and I'm just going to go with Chase Sherman on this one. Which means we've arrived at the co-man event, Clay the Carpenter Guida versus Mark O. Madsen, plus 140 uh, for, the, uh, for Clay to minus 160 for Mark Madsen. Mark Madsen, Olympic medalist in wrestling. Clay Guida, always known for his pressure and his pace. Tries to wear out his opponent. He's been around forever. He's a veteran of the game. His experience in MMA and MMA wrestling or, com- or combining striking and wrestling, I think, could very well have him come out here and show people that, uh, you know, he's the one that's got the more MMA experience. And uh, he could give Mark Madsen a run for his money, but I think Clay is really up against it in this one, especially in terms of the wrestling. And, uh, you know, that's, like I just said, one of the things that he typically thrives in. So when, you know, they take away what you're best at. And granted, Clay's hands have definitely come along, especially in terms of just mixing things up so he can keep his opponent guessing. Um, He definitely probably has the the better MMA striking, in my opinion, uh, to Mark Madsen. But, um, you know... At some point, I feel like he will end up on his back, and uh, the time just going to not be his friend at that point. So, sadly, I'm going to go with Mark Matson by decision. Okay, so we've arrived at the main event. And if you couldn't have already seen this coming, I'm sure you knew where I was going with this one. If for some reason you're confused and you don't know why I'm playing that music, then, you know, welcome, because you must be new, but... Kelvin Gastelum on a mission for gold. The mission continues facing Jared Cannonier in the main event. He is a plus 125 underdog to Jared Cannonier's minus 145, so pretty close. Um, every, everyone already knows, of course, Kelvin Gastelum is short for the weight class. He's relatively small, but he likes to fight his more natural weight class so he can be more powerful. He can, you know, not have to worry about his gas tank. But over this last camp, training with Henry Cejudo and Neuroforce 1, I've never seen him in, in better shape. He's been locked down. He's extremely focused. And he's going to need it because Jared Cannonier has literally fought and had wins. Knockout power at heavyweight. Worked his weight down through light heavyweight and now at 185. But I think Kelvin's going to have the speed advantage. His boxing is more technical. If he can deal with the kicks from the outside, utilize his speed to get in and out and utilize that boxing from the outside when he can to collapse the pocket and counter with his strikes. His left hand, of course, is uh, extremely powerful. I think he potentially could counter Jared on the feet, but overall that's not the game plan. He's going to want to utilize those quick counters to land maybe one or two strikes clean, push him back up against the fence, make him work, take him down, try to stay safe in those positions till uh, Jared, hopefully, if you're in Kelvin's corner, which I am, eventually gets uh, tired to the point that Kelvin can either TKO him from uh, ground and pound or maybe even eventually get the submission. Or just make it extremely late in the fight where Kelvin's more fresh and then could, uh, start landing those strikes on the feet and, and nullifying that uh, height and reach advantage. So you know I'm going to go KG all the way. 
And, uh, you know, very first interview I ever did ever of anybody happened to be for from one of my, you know, one of the guys I look up to and I'm a big fan of and I've been watching for a bunch of years, uh, Kelvin Gastelum back in October of 2019 when I started the podcast. Always going to have a special place in my heart. He's a, a hell of a nice guy, a hard worker, good dude, and uh, the mission continues. I hope he gets this win and gets another title shot before it's all said and done. But that's it. Those are my picks uh, for UFC Fight Night Cannoneer versus Gastelum. Uh, short and to the point, guys. Uh, just going to be doing that. Trying to put like two to three episodes out per week. So they're going to be a little bit more concise. Uh, this one's just obviously picks only. So uh, stay tuned for next week because we're obviously going to be recapping these fights. And then I'm going to be dropping a midweek episode most likely. Uh, this segment rules is also coming out. We have the picks for the following weekend, which is Barboza versus Jacadze. Another fight night event. So all kinds of stuff coming your way. Appreciate you guys being here. We'll see you in a couple days. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>